Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. Oh, my gosh, it's such a good show. But before we begin the live podcast recording with Matt and Lauren Chandler, I want to talk to you about one of our partners, Crew. It goes without saying, reading the Bible is so important to me. You're about to hear us talk about it in this show. And if you've been following me lately, you know I've been reading through the Bible in a year and go through the Gospels every month last year. But imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible, that you couldn't hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house or even afford one. Take it one step further and imagine that you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are people, lots of people all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. That's why we're thrilled to partner with Crew. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people Bibles each and every month. And when you sign up to provide three Bibles with the monthly gift of $21 as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry, and you'll receive a promo code for 10% off shopanniefdowns.com. Simply text FUN to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text FUN, F-U-N, to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash fun. Today on the show, we have my friends Matt and Lauren Chandler. This month, you've gotten to hear our That Sounds Fun Tour live conversations if you weren't able to make it in person or if you're in a different city. And so that's been this whole month. Go back and listen if you're just jumping in. But we did save some of the interview in each city just for that live audience. But you're going to hear most of it here. I was so excited to have Matt and Lauren join me in Dallas. Matt is the lead pastor of the Village Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's the author of several books and Bible studies you may have heard of or read, including To Live is Christ, To Die is Gain, The Mingling of Souls, and The Explicit Gospel. His wife, Lauren, has also written books and Bible studies, her most recent being With Us in the Wilderness, a study on the book of Numbers. Y'all, these are two dear friends to me, and I've been dying to have them both on the show. I love this couple so much, and I know you will too. So here's my conversation from our live stop in Dallas with Matt and Lauren Chandler. Will you please welcome Matt and Lauren Chandler? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Edit someplace Lauren uses language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Matt's like, if Lauren cusses, are you going to cut it? Yes. It it's possible. It depends on the subject. That's right. Thank you for matching me exactly. And well, little... I knew it was the pink jacket or the black jacket. I rolled the dice. <laughs> and here we are, Annie. You here did we it. Are. Respect. Yeah, and I would just say, just out of the gate, I tell my daughters this, never trust a man who won't wear pink. Keep going. If you won't wear pink, walk on. Just what you got some in, you got some stuff. There's something. Walk on. What has he got? got What's some... the thing? I mean, there's all sorts of things that can rob a man from the joy of wearing, wearing pink. pink. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting deeper sooner than I thought. Really? I th That's not our friendship. That, <laughs> isn't, getting that isn't. Let's so move on. Matt and Lauren have been here seven minutes and I was crying. So it's good. We get deep pretty fast. But they fast. were happy tears. Clarify that they were happy totally. tears. Totally. They didn't make me cry. I'm a just pastor. to be clear. They think, oh, did you bring up sin? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I swear. But we can. <laughs> Right here in front of everybody. It's your show, Amy. Let's do it. Um, listen, I don't know if y'all have listened along like I have, but Matt, you just finished teaching 
the whole book of Revelation. Yeah. So you like teach the easy stuff mostly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you just go to the back of the book. You, you spoiled the ending. Well, there was a little boy in our church that asked me what we were going to do now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's great. I'm just going to start over. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And at the same time, Lauren, you just had a Bible study release mm-hmm. with us yeah. in the wilderness about numbers. Yes. So you're working in the front of the Bible and Matt's working at the back. Yes. Why numbers? That's such a weird I have one. No idea. No. Um, I was reading through the Bible and, you know, I'd read some parts of numbers, but for the most part, it was like all these names and numbers I didn't understand. Yeah. And then as I started reading through it, there are all these really interesting stories. And I was like, I'm really fascinated. I'm a really curious person by nature. Okay. And so I started digging deep and I thought there's some really good gems here that I want to share with other people. Yeah. And honestly, the more that I studied numbers, the more I saw it later in the Bible as I kept reading just different things, how it overlapped. And ironically, this, so I wrote it in 2019, um, or I started writing it in 2019, finished early 2020. And then I felt like we all were going through some kind of wilderness in 2020. So I felt like the Lord put it on my heart. Um, and even personally, we were going through a wilderness just with our family, with the church, just different parts of our life lives. And so, um, it was just the Lord's timing to study this book that in Hebrew is called In the Wilderness, which I thought, uh-uh. hey, let's call it that instead of numbers. I mean, really? Numbers, like, I like numbers. I'm kind of nerdy. Why did we switch that? Why did we switch it to numbers from In the Wilderness? The Bible people did. They decided the just marketing. Just terrible marketing. <laughs> An intern did that. That's An intern did that. I, I do think one of the things that was fun for us as numbers and revelation yeah. is these books that are viewed as difficult and right. oftentimes avoidable. I mean, if you did a, a, a poll about how many people start reading the Bible in the year and then give up at numbers right. uh, and then just punt back to the Gospel of John or yes. Psalms, it, it's almost all of us. Yeah. And, and yet, like, I'm convinced that one of the ways the enemy has really robbed us of confidence specifically in the day and age we're in, is by taking these two books in particular away from us. One, how faithful God is, even when it looks like he's gone. Right. And two, there's not a book in the Bible that disarms the enemy like the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. It just continually lays in front of us as the people of God that he loses and we win and things are not like they seem. Mm -hmm. And and if, if we can make that weird, you know, if we can, if the enemy can make that weird or confusing, or there's a prostitute on a beast, what? Right, right. Then, and then, and then, if you get janky theology involved, and now there's right. guillotines and uh, the Apache helicopter or the locust, and then things right. get really, really strange, and then nobody reads it, and then we're in this day and age where if we could just get it, we would, as the book says, sing in the face of our enemy, yeah. but we can't do that because we don't know the book because the book's so weird and scary. Uh, or numbers is so difficult to manage. But yeah. those two books, like no matter how hard things get, no matter what kind of loss there is, no matter how long it takes, you have not been abandoned. Mm. And then Revelation is the story of victory. Yeah. It, it's things are not as they seem. That's incredible. The weird thing about Revelation, well, all of it is the weird thing about <laughs> Revelation, but also... I feel like every seven years, someone else tells me what all those things are in Revelation. Sure. And so it feels like, it's not that I feel like I can't trust it. I just feel like I can't trust how people 
Of course we can trust the Bible. Yeah. To be clear, I was going to ask some questions, follow-up <laughs> questions. I'm glad you said that. I trust that. every bit of awkward. the Bible. Are there I any other think, parts do that we... you don't like? <laughs> yeah, we've, you, we've talked about how I feel about yeah. Paul. Not, not, not in front of the people. Okay, okay. I do. He's anyway. really grown on me. I understand Good. him better. The podcast did a series. I read N.T. Wright's book. You okay. chastised me severely. It was about- friendly banter. <laughs> friendly banter. But I, I just, I want us to want to love Revelation. Like I want to want to love it. Yeah, I get And that. not be scared of it. Sure. Yeah. So what's that move? How do we, how do we not see what Twitter says about Revelation? I think you shouldn't see what Twitter says about a lot of well, stuff. that will preach. So I would just move That'll that preach. rule, wherever that rule falls mm-hmm. on your fun meter. Right. It, it just needs to be higher. <laughs> right, right, It just needs right. to be higher. So there, there, were two, there were two things for me that really made me go, I've got to get in here. Mm-hmm. And the, the first is Revelation 12, which is the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. Right? So the thing to think about when you think about Revelation is we think everything's linear. Like, like, okay, here's what, here's what happens next. Yeah. Well, Revelation isn't built that way. It's apocalyptic literature. Um, it's what does John see next? It's four windows. What does he see next? So if you read Revelation because you think it's this linear timeline, it's going to be super confusing. 12 unlocks it for us okay. and shows us that because it's the Christmas story. But it's the Christmas story told in such a way that it, it does what apocalyptic literature does, which is provoke our imagination in a way that it stirs up our hearts yeah, and minds. Yeah. So what we're used to on the Christmas story is Mary, she's, you know, she's in this barn. It's a silent night. It's a holy night. Right. All, All is, is calm. calm. Annie, but it's also bright. There it is. It's very bright. So, right. And you're thinking that and you're like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. And there's songs like, Mary, did you know? Oh boy. That's your, your baby boy. I will weep we, right yeah, here if you keep singing that the one. The angel told her. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She does. She, I actually did know. But so now if you go to Revelation 12 though, it's this picture of a woman with 12 stars and right. The 12 tribes. Yeah. It's the, the whole purpose of God through human history is what the crowns are. And she's, and here's a dragon waiting to devour the baby. Now we've got cosmic warfare. Now uh, we sure. see that the child escapes the the dragon, and and you you're, you're seeing this thing that's like as a man, I, I know I'm minority in the room, but like I'm like great a manger scene, but what war against the dragon? I'm game for war against the <laughs> dragon, right? Yeah. It's also sixty years before John even uh-huh. like like has any clue of any of these things so right. it's not linear so 12's the one and then the other thing that just man i just get so pumped up just as a pastor you you know you're kind of a first responder the amount of sorrow in the world and mm-hmm. brokenness in the world mm-hmm. and um you, you got the four horsemen of the apocalypse and it's just terrible right you don't read that and go yes right but you get the four horsemen and then after the fourth horseman um th- this is chapter 4 maybe okay we the, believe you. The, um, well, I wanted to throw the maybe because I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. So the angel sees the four horsemen. They're riding all over the world. By the way, that's not a future event. It's happening right now. Mm. Right? That, that's not, oh, the four horsemen are coming. It's like, here's a rule on Revelation. It cannot mean for us what it did not mean for them. Why would God do that to them? Uh, Psych, don't worry, 2,000 years from now, that's who it's for. No, it was written to a specific people. Right. It is a letter, like right. Galatians, like. So when, when we read that the four horsemen of the apocalypse are just wrecking shop all over the world, the angel in heaven says, in light of these things, who can stand? Mm. And the very next scene is the church of Jesus Christ worshiping, mm. wow. singing. So wow. the message to the believers in Rome, 
And the message to us is we can. Right. We can stand. Right. In light of pestilence, in light of death, in light of persecution, in light of slander, in no, no matter what comes, we can stand. And so you get this, like I can feel myself getting um, excited. Like we sing in the face of our enemy. What yeah. do we do at funerals? We sing. Why? Because we won. That person won. Yeah. Right. When yeah. um, your grandma's in um, the hospital with Alzheimer, what do you do? You sing and it brings her back for a second. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we do? Like what defangs the enemy like singing in his face? Yeah. And so in light of these things, who can stand? We can stand like I'll preach that and yeah. we need to hear that. Yeah. And that's what I think the enemy wants to take from us by making this book confusing because of some 70s movies and some janky dispensational pre-mill right. theology. And a very popular uh, series of Absolutely. Made a, a ton of cash. <laughs> right, of right. Cash. Because it does sell weird sells. Yeah, that's why my books do all right. I, know, so, I didn't say it. You said you did, it. I, I, I had to say, say it. it. I said it for myself. That's really interesting to me, Matt, because one of the things that I know is true in my own life is if my, if my brain is spinning out or if I'm in a bad mood or something... If I will put worship music on, it will change the yeah. it will change the atmosphere. It may not change the situation. Yeah. And I always thought it was more of like a spiritual atmosphere thing, which I think it is. But if you're telling me I'm singing in the face of my enemy, let's go. Well, it's also and so again, I don't want to just talk revelation. We got we got we I have a whole list, but that's we're great. fine. They they are here. So the other thing that's happening in Revelation is you get the letters to the the churches, and then right after you get this picture of heaven. You you have. All that exists flowing towards yeah. this throne yeah. where Christ is enthroned. And, and the reality of worship is that it becomes convergent space. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's not like, oh, we're going to be there one day. It's, oh, my gosh, I get to be in that right now. And I don't know, right. like one of the things when I was the guy that was sharing the gospel with me, I would go to church with him. We played football together, and we would just talk about girls and Pearl Jam and football, and then we would go to 1993. That's what that's year. That's that's class of 93. Yeah, what are you? Uh, 98. Okay, 98. Yeah, hey, don't do the math, it's fine. And um, hey, we're proud to be alive. I'm proud to be alive. And they like it would be this good friend of mine that's sharing the gospel with me. I'm at, and they would do the goofy songs. And because like in 91, 92, there weren't kind of upbeat, good. Christian songs, uh-huh. worship songs, like there are now. So right. it was like kitschy stuff, like um, I got joy down in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart. Spell it, and the whole room would, you would love it. Uh-huh, but yeah, probably. with their body. <laughs> right. And then you, but as a jaded, you know, 15-year-old, I'm like, right. these people are weird. Right. And so, like, then they would switch to, like, worship, worship, and, like, my friend would be gone. Mm. Like, his eyes would be closed, and I would see him lift his hand. He was like, he went this place I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know where he went. I wanted to go with him, but I didn't know how to get there. Yeah. I didn't even know that what he was trying to do is help me get there. Wow. And so not only when we're worshiping, which is so much bigger than singing, just to be right. sure, but the, right. the one passage in particular shows the church singing in that moment. Right. But before that, after the letters to the churches, this convergent space where everything's moving towards the throne room, that, that when Christians gather and we worship, it becomes this kind of convergent space where we're joining in with that. Again, not a future event a reality right now that you and I are invited to participate into. So the thing that messes with people in Revelation is we've just been told everything in that book is about the future. Mm. And there's a couple of chapters that are about the future. The rest of it is the world we live in right now. It's just a lot of apocalyptic literature that's meant to 
provoke our imaginations, right? Yeah. Make us feel something. God didn't want us to just know something. He wants us to feel something. Right. We can listen to you teach it through at the village. Yeah, sure. Podcast. YouTube or wherever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you finished that. Yep. And now vacation. <sighs> Lost yeah. Valley Ranch. Lost Valley Let's Ranch. Go. Y'all heard us yeah. talk about it before. Um, yes, people are clapping because we love the ranch. And y'all go like soon. How are day you feeling? Day after tomorrow. Day after yeah, tomorrow. Saturday I know. Morning. Y'all know this. The real science is we moved the date of this show because I wanted Matt and Lauren and I knew they were going to the ranch. So I was like, we got to switch around Texas. Um, how, Lauren, when you think about your family packing up, what does vacation with your people mean to y'all? Um, I think just that uninterrupted time together um, where I don't think we get it right now. My kids are 18 15 and 12, our kids, I said my kids, our kids, <laughs> we have them together. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just said my kids. It's fine. It's fine. We uh, were pregnant. I say that no. all the time. When we like, were pregnant. We were not pregnant. <laughs> I was pregnant. We were expecting. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I There you go. Anyway, uh, just an uninterrupted time together. Um, you know, we tried to put screens away as best we can. And that happens a little easier in Lost Valley because yeah. the service is there's great. There's no service, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of beautiful things to look at and right. see and be a part of. And so I, I love that part for our family. Um, and to kind of pull them away yeah. and where we get to be us as a unit instead of everybody doing their own things um, because I actually like them and yeah. I enjoy time with them. And... They're at an age now where we're okay. That yeah. they don't mind hanging out with us. They don't mind spending time with us. And so I think that's what I like about um, vacation with the family and a trip. We would, and we're actually at that age where the, you know there's a difference between vacation and a trip. Where your kids, when they're a certain age, it's a trip because you are preparing. Right when they're like three, yes. eight, yeah. There's no vacationing happening for us. <laughs> Um, a vacation is that mom and dad do together, right. <laughs> but, uh, but now I feel like we're getting to that age where it does feel like a vacation. We get to get away, um, spend time together, um, and just be removed from the, the rhythms of just home and, and the craziness where we can really miss each other and, and be kind of plucked up into a new place and, and get to know each other better. Hey friends, just taking a minute from our conversation to share with you about a new brand we're excited to partner with for today's episode, Genexa. Here is some news about your medicine cabinet that might make you feel a little bit sick. Those brands you've been turning to for decades are filled with unnecessary chemicals, artificial additives, dyes, preservatives, stuff you don't need, which is why Genexa started the first ever clean medicine company. They make medicine with the active ingredients you need, like acetaminophen, minus the artificial ones you don't. Genexa was started around a crazy idea, make medicine with ingredients that help make you feel better, not worse. They're the first clean medicine company founded by two dads on a mission to make everyday medicine with the same effective active ingredients you need without the dirty stuff like artificial dyes, preservatives, and fillers. Whether you need to manage your pain or allergies or just the common cold, Genexa treats the same symptoms as the leading brands because they use the exact same active ingredients, just not the stuff you don't need. I mean, it's 2021. Why has no one thought of this before? <laughs> Genexa has a huge network of healthcare professionals across the U.S. helping patients and their families join the clean medicine revolution. It's real medicine made clean. So start cleaning out your medicine cabinets today for your entire family. 
Go to Genexa.com slash that sounds fun for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's Genexa.com slash that sounds fun, and they'll give that sounds fun friends 20% off your first purchase. That's G-E-N-E-X-A.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Matt and Lauren. Is there any way, I haven't mommed yet, but is there any way that a mom can go on vacation or go on a trip with her kids yeah. and get rest? Is there a way, like when your kids were little, were you ever able to find rest in those scenarios? Or is that just, do you need to like put that away as like, no. Say what's true. <laughs> Say what's true. I don't know. I can't. Well, there was one time we had a, a girl come and help us, which was oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he, because he travels and preaches a lot, what we would do is his work trips, like if he went and preached at a beach camp, yeah. we would come because yeah. we couldn't necessarily afford a beach vacation. And so right. that was our vacation. And so we would have a girl come help us yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there. I mean, I think it's hard to find rest when you are... Um, it's the whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are pockets of rest you can get. I would just lean on Matt, like say, Hey, just, can you let me sleep in? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he was great to do that. But I do think it's hard. I, I want to say like the, the pat answer of, yeah, rest is like a mindset and oh, gross. you can gross. just, you do know, not get lie to there, us. but it's hard. It just is hard. Yeah. It's hard. i I remember the most rested I felt one time, and this is, I'm an introvert, if you can't tell, um, but I, uh, Matt was on a trip, all the kids were at youth camp somewhere, or some kind of summer camp, and I was home by myself, Yeah, and I was going to go visit a friend who moved to a town like two and a half hours away, and all of a sudden I realized, wait, I like this. I don't want to leave this. (laughs) I'm in my house by myself. I don't have to get anyone anything. I can sleep in. I can just be me in my house by myself. This is vacation. So (laughs) I, I loved that. And that was one of the times that I got to actually rest, but I do think it's hard. I'm sure Somebody has a great answer about how to rest on vacation with a family. Well, I mean, when I talk about Sabbath, the group that uh, chirps back at me the most are young moms. And they're like, you wish I could rest. Yes. (laughs) So, so Matt, when you're pastoring, how are you telling young families to Sabbath and to rest? Like, what do we do to help young moms and dads get rest that is actually for your soul? It's a great question. Thank you. you. I think what... You're so good at this. Thank you. My dad <laughs> loves like when people say that. My dad's always like, call me and be like, did you hear Matt Chandler say that was a great question? Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you, girl. Proud I of knew you, it. Annie. I knew it, Annie. Yeah, I knew you could ask questions for a job. The, uh, <laughs> so I think you've got to keep in mind what Jesus says, right? That uh, the Sabbath was made for the man, not the man for the Sabbath. So you've always got to keep that in front of you. And you always have to keep in front of you. What does that mean? That, well, it means that if you turn Sabbath into a kind of a legalistic tool, then it's going to betray you. Right. Okay. And so although I do think what we're after is a day set aside, I think there's a season in which you might not get the full day, but you can you can start to model the heart of God in it, which is to say, hey, no, you, not you as a mom, not you as a dad, not you as someone who produces or creates or fill in the blank, Right. you matter because I made you in my image and I love you. And what Sabbath is, is a resting and rejoicing in that. 
Mm. And and it since we're not Orthodox Jews who have been, you know, and, but that's a great community to learn from. Right. Um, what I would encourage people to do is you, you might not be able to do the whole day, but you can certainly find a block mm-hmm. of that day mm-hmm. in which uh, to truly Sabbath and build the day before towards it. Or, you know, and you talk about this all the time. It's the intentionality the day before yeah. that makes the Sabbath. Right. It's not, it's the, I am going, I want to be yours and only yours today. Yeah. And I want to do what makes me just delight in you and rejoice in you. And, and so I, I think take what you can, but be intentional, um, knowing that as often as you can invite them into that also, um, because part of Sabbath, it's not, you're not just sitting around reading the Bible all day on right. Sabbath, right? right? There are things that are fun, that are life-giving, that like, like I eat a kind of way on Sabbath. I don't usually eat the rest of the week. I, I eat a kind of way on Sabbath. <laughs> say it. That put it on a the, shirt, Annie. And I put that on a shirt. Um, I eat a kind of way on I Sabbath. I mean, I do. Like, I, like, I eat a kind of way on yeah. Sabbath that I'm, I'm not eating the rest of the right. week. I, right. I want to be mindful of what, what I'm really going to enjoy doing with the mindset of, God, you love me so much. You, yeah. you give me sea salt, caramel, dark chocolate covered candies you by are, the fistful. Wow. You I, only eat, oh, the by the fistful is the Sabbath. Part. Yeah, I'm throwing that okay, in there. Okay, okay. No, no, no. You no, can I, have those seven days I, a week I'll and do, the Lord I know, will meet you I there. know, sis, but not in the volume. The, that, yeah, the fistful. It's the volume the fistful, that matters. That's <laughs> a Sabbath delight, a treat. A thing that I quote you saying uh, three times a week, I probably quote you saying this. If you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. Yeah. If you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. Yeah. Will you walk us through that a little bit when we think about yeah. our profession, our jobs? What is it, how do we figure out what rest is like for us and how did y'all figure it out for y'all? So a couple of ones, that's not me. I appreciate that I y'all know, give I that to me. I know, I always say Matt Chandler. Like, He's always like, Annie, it's And everybody that's listening to you like, man, Matt Chandler don't say that. He got that from, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, so I think what you're, what you're aiming at, and this is a journey. I mean, I hate to use this language, but it, it's kind of a journey. Like yes. what does replenish my soul? Yes. The number of people that can't answer that question how am I replenished mm-hmm. is a big problem in regards to how they set. Cause they don't, they're... that's how I feel about fun. When I say what sounds fun to you and people don't have answers. Uh, yeah. I'm like, you're telling me a lot yeah. that you can't come up with this answer. So, so by and large, what you don't want to do on Sabbath. And again, this is tools, not rules, right? It's a practice. Sabbath was made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. Yes. Is if my work, what I produce is with my hands to in some way, the neglect of my imagination or um, something I would love to do, but don't have time to. So maybe that's history. Like I know, like I love to study football. Like I would love to be a football coach. That's not what God had for me. So like my son, they just changed his defense. And on Sabbath, I dug into their new defensive scheme and what blitzes you could run off of it and how you would defend certain packages based on it. It It's just deep diving. Like I lost myself in it. Yeah. And I loved it. Yeah. I never get, I'm never going to, right. I'm not doing that at the village. How are we going to organize these small groups? I know we're going to blitz off the edge, right? (laughs) What are we going to do with the difficult people? Oh, I know. You know what we're going to do? We're going to try to jam them up against the sideline. (laughs) And so... So if you're always working on your, with your hands, so maybe you're in construction or maybe you're a welder or you, you, you pick up the trash or whatever, yeah. but, but you've got this side of you that loves music or man, it, what you dream about is, you know what? I, I wish I was Tom Brady. Yeah. Then, then why don't you on that day just learn how to throw the ball like Tom Brady? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't, you're not going to be Tom Brady. Maybe. But you, no, <laughs> no. 
but one and you done, could, he's one and done. You could literally like learn how he throws the ball and go out and try to yeah. get more accurate. I mean, that's the stuff that, that you can do. Or if you're always reading and writing and thinking, then, then maybe try to build that deck. Yeah. Right. Or do something like that. Like for me to be outside and to do something with my hands is really, really replenishing for me. Mm-hmm. Although it, it, it's physical expenditure. It does because my job's never over. Yes. Ever. Like there's not been one night in 20 years of pastoring that I thought, got it all done. Let's just go home. Yeah. Don't you worry. (laughs) I locked it down. Like that never, right? Finished. It's it's always, there's always a tragedy, always a crisis, always a, and so I, I need to be able to put my hands on my desk and thank God that he doesn't sleep and I can go be husband and dad and then on Sabbath maybe to do something that I can go, oh my gosh, that's finished. Yeah. That's done. Yes. Nothing in my life. This is done. I'm, nothing in my this life is, is done. This is why puzzles. I'm like, this is really hard, but I bet I'll finish it. I love puzzles. I love puzzles. When you say fun, I think puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> but you also love to do algebra. I know. <laughs> she I said, do. I know. I know. Don't bring it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Lauren, what what do you do on Sabbath? What does it look like for you now that the kids are at this age where they all kind of have their own lives and are doing their own things too? When you get to rest, what does it look like? Um, Actually, just doing algebra. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It it looks like going outside, really. I love to just be outside. Um, My grandmother and my mom were all just had green thumbs and we're always in the yard. I remember my grandmother just like being sweaty from being out yeah. working out in the yard all day. And, and there's something satisfying about watching, like um, I've got tomato plants and, mm-hmm. and waiting for those uh, blooms to turn into like little fruits and then it grow and waiting every day to see, is there any like little tinge of orange yet? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a bird watcher. (laughs) I have, I bought, I was so tired of trying to find his binoculars. I was like, I'm buying some bird, bird watching binoculars. Is there special bird watching binoculars? I just researched like, what are good binoculars for bird watching? And I found some (laughs) on Amazon, ordered them. I have them right by my kitchen sink. Yes. I have like three or four bird feeders in our backyard. We have um, like a Corps of Engineer property behind us. So it's just kind of unkempt uh, wilderness behind yes. our house, you know, in the suburbs. And I will look for birds. And so I love doing that. I seriously love to do puzzles and Dude, have algebra. You done the, um, have you done the Golden Girls puzzle? No. It is so hard. All their hair is the same color. <laughs> it I was is, like, what's so hard? I have never oh. quit on a puzzle until the Golden Girls. I'll mail it to you when I get oh, home. It I is so it. hard. I want it. They all have gray, white oh. with brown pieces oh, yeah. in it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if you're Blanche do you, or Rose. I don't know. Do you have 
Do you have a... Uh, like, I know what we're about to talk okay. about. Go there. How Do you do the edge pieces first? Yes. Thank you very much. 100%. Do you put it on a mat that you can roll up? Do you know about the mat? I, I got it. I tried and it did not work. Tell it me why. Didn't, I, don't, I rolled it up and it all fell apart. So I didn't do it right. Did you use the blow up tube they sent you? They sent you a blow no. up tube. You I think I got up. the cheaper version or something. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you some things. Okay. Um, <laughs> it'll really help because then you can just, because in my life, there was yeah. a puzzle on the dining room table every day of COVID. Yeah. And then people started coming over again and I was and like, I've got to move this out of the way. I'm not that. married yet. I did get a table that has like a leaf and in our living room and I'm, that's my puzzle yes, table. Yes, yes. So. Okay. I get mocked on Instagram. Probably there are people who yell at me almost every time I put up a puzzle, like that's so dumb. But to me, I think it's just one. I can listen to audiobooks. Yes. I can do so many yes. things and it is my brain can stop while my hands are going. Yes. And there's Same. not a lot else that does there's that not. for my brain. Agreed. And I need my brain to stop. I'm serious. I need my brain to stop. And I, I feel like there's so many unfinished things in my life that I'm like, I finished a puzzle. Yes. There's something I can see. It's done. And do y'all feel that too about things you do? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you finish it, at least something is done. Because raising these yes. kids isn't done. And cleaning this house isn't done. Laundry and this job is not done. I hate laundry. I laundry hate it. Is the I know worst. people have a thing. You know. It's like either you don't mind washing dishes or you don't mind doing laundry. I like, I don't mind dishes, yeah. laundry. I'm like, this is the futility of life. I'm only <laughs> washing this for it to get dirty again. You have a quiet and have time to- every time you're doing laundry. <laughs> I do. Um, I've grown. I've grown. So the He's kids, so the much better at laundry. Like, Mark, did you see that? I didn't even do anything. He's so much better. I tell, I tell everybody, he's a better mom than I am. Like, it's not true. So she good. does he's say that's not true. Mom. Anyway, he's but he's good mom. at laundry. <laughs> I guess you like laundry. No, I, I like being able to go to my drawers and uh, get my clothes out. And having drawers in your drawers. <laughs> she said it. I don't talk like that. <laughs> I don't talk. This is what we knew we were going to have to edit. Gonna, yeah, yeah gonna we happen. knew we were going to have to edit that. Um, okay, let's talk about marriage for just a minute. I love marriage. I, I, me too. Yeah. Um, for those of us that are already married, yeah. why do we stay in this thing? What is, what is, y'all have done 20 plus years now. Yeah. What is the beauty of the longevity? What, what do you know now that you didn't know? Like, what do you know about God now that you didn't know when you started this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you still have to ask questions this deep in. Um, so our story. I think might, that's really good. You still ask questions. Yeah, yeah. It's deep. I would. I was just making a little joke. But, oh, I was like, I think yeah. that sounds really cool. Like you're still learning. No, you are because people keep changing. Yeah. Mm. So like, this is not the woman I married, mm. nor is it the woman that had. And I'm not saying she's my second wife or third <laughs> wife. Uh, I'm saying that as since both of us are being progressively sanctified by God. Yeah. That this isn't who I married. I am not who she married. And so there's this lifelong getting to know this person that Jesus is calling out of this world and more into the fullness of who he is. And, and then if you can see it that way and you can see it in the, this woman was given to me by God Mm. for the ministry he's given me to accomplish. Mm. Um, that those two things for me, like I can, I can just say with all integrity, I love this woman more than I ever have. She's a, a much better friend to me than, than our first 
20 years of marriage. We've been married 22 every year. It just gets a little bit deeper, a little bit better. We grow a little bit more closer. And and this is coming from people that the first seven years were a nightmare. I mean, for seven years, seven years, nightmare. Can't wait. And it was, it doesn't have to be that way, Annie, where it's not prescriptive, it's descriptive. Okay, great. It's like certain scriptures. Okay, thank you. And um, (laughs) like, I think that, you know, I was laying in bed at night going, oh my God, is this the rest of my life? I can't get a divorce. I'm a pastor. What? I don't have any other skill. Wow. Got a theology degree. I'm doing this or I'm biggie sizing stuff. It's just not. Not a career. I mean, I'm not quite sure what's out there uh-huh. for me. If I and I'm, and then I'm, she's not laying next to me, going, "All my all my childhood dreams have come true." Right. And so both of us felt stuck. Neither of us could get out, um, and we just needed God to do some profound work in us. And by His grace, He did. Yeah. By His grace, He did. But but those two realities. Just if I think about what, you, baby. What did you pray those nights when y'all are laying there and saying that? What do you What do you say to God when you feel stuck like that? I mean. Like you just pray honest prayers. Yeah. I, well, in all honesty, I I felt like I had been tricked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's saying, mm-hmm. You can't yeah, hear because her mic yeah. is yes. down by her side, but she's saying, mm-hmm. I mean, it was tricky then. I mean, we were pretty young. Yeah. And I think I didn't really know who I was. And so I just wanted to please him or please whoever, please the Lord. And so really honestly, what I was thinking was, Lord, just help me be a better wife. Because if I can just be a better wife, then I'll fix this. Mm. And that was a wow. lie. Honestly, wow. I, I, um, I think I likened Matt's pleasure with me and delight in me with the Lord. Like if we were okay, then okay, God, we're okay. And so I think he had to do a lot of work in my heart um, to show me, okay, we need to be okay whether he thinks you're okay or not. Um, And I needed to understand um, being beloved by God and not having to perform for him so he would love me, but getting to love him and obey him because I'm loved. Mm. Um, I, I was trying to please God. I was trying to please him, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. It was more than I could do um, yeah. because I wasn't meant to. I wasn't meant to fulfill him um, or satisfy him or or um, please him. Now I get to now, yeah. but it's in the right order. It's because I am loved already. And so that was really important for me to get. And it took a long time for me to understand that. Yeah. Um, it took a long time for us both to understand yeah. that. Because I was such a jerk. I was praying the same thing. <laughs> I'm not, I wish I'm, you'd be I'm, a better I promise wife. I'm not trying. It was just su- such an evil like I was so insecure, uh, so carrying so many old wounds mm. that I didn't even know I was carrying. Right. So literally, I'm. I mean, I just crushed her for like seven years because I was praying the same thing, sitting next to her. It's like God fix her. Like, wh- why can't she? Because freaking Matt Chandler. <laughs> I mean, they're giggling. I, that's what I thought. I know. I mean, that church was growing about a thousand people a year. Just traveling all over the world, preaching, buying a house, new car. I mean, I'm just like, what's wrong with her? And, and I didn't know. I didn't know how broke I was. I didn't know what was going on inside of me. I needed help. I needed a guide. But how am I supposed to do that? I'm this 
quickly becoming famous pastor at this fast growing church. Like, who am I going to talk to? Right. They won't turn this on me, won't betray me, won't, right. which had been history. I had been betrayed before. I had been. So like, I'm, I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to know these answers. I'm giving Gosh. people these answers. Gosh. I mean, that's how we were stuck. Yeah. And the Lord was just super, yeah. super generous. He was. And um, honestly, going through, I went through Celebrate Recovering as a pastor's wife. We had just started that uh, ministry at our church. And I remember thinking, I want to go. Like, I want to figure this out. And I was sitting on the front row, like a good pastor's wife. You're like, oh, this is a new ministry. She's here. This is great. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's good. Totally. Everyone try it. Right. Um, And so I remember the man that was teaching. I mean, he just read my mail. And I remember I wanted to stand up. And take this, there's a surrender chip that you can you can take the first night that you're there. If you feel like the Lord's just shined a light on something in your life that you want to surrender to Him. And I was like, yes, like I'm so tired of trying to do this on my own. I'm so tired of trying to please everyone. I'm so tired of trying to deal with my stuff and my own strength. And um, so I remember I, I couldn't get up because I thought, I'm the pastor's wife. What are they going to think that... I would be the one standing up. I'm supposed to have it all together. And, um, you know, they go on kind of to the next chip, like a sobriety chip. And and so I remember being so defeated, like, I wish I'd just gotten up. I was so frustrated at myself. And then at the very end, they offered it again. And I mean, I just sped up there to the front. I mean, I was already pretty close to the front, but sped even more. And I was like, I don't care. I want freedom more than I care about what people think about me right now. Um, I'm so tired of being stuck on this wheel. And so that was the beginning of something new for me. I mean, that was a breakthrough and the beginning of freedom for me. And it was so great because Celebrate Recovery is so quirky and all the things that you say and and the things that you'll admit uh, in front of perfect strangers. Um, But it was so good for me because I needed to have all kind of my ugly out there um, and still and realize that people actually identified more with that than they did with the perfect persona I'd put up. Right. That is um, so generous of y'all to tell that story. Well. That is really kind. Um, when we were doing the VIP earlier, a couple of people asked similar questions about not being married yet yeah. and wanting to be married. Mm-hmm. So what do, what, do, what do we need to look for in a spouse now that you would have, you wish you'd have known when you were picking? Like, mm. What, what would you say to What do you say to me? What do you say to our friends who are, that is what they want. They're walking toward that in the healthiest way they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we looking for in a partner mm-hmm. that will help us stick in it like this and yeah. be at year 22 after seven hard years? That is not yeah. a short time. That's not seven weeks. No. Yeah. That is seven years. Yeah. So what are we looking for? Well, the first thing you want to do is run to something, not from something, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like yes. you don't want to, run from loneliness to anyone. Yep. I, I just found, again, 20 plus years pastoring, loneliness, you think you're lonely as a single woman, single man in your apartment with your roommates, wait till you're in the house with someone yeah. coming in it in yeah. and it's icy or angry or, right. you, and, and you're not seen or loved or valued. Uh, that there's not a loneliness like that, mm-hmm. that that's a kind of loneliness that's crushing. Yeah. And, and so what we want to move towards 
in in relationships as we move towards marriage is, um, Lord, do you have someone for me to partner with and all that you have for me to do? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have heard, if you have heard me teach, you have heard her voice. Mm. I can't do all of this yeah. without this. Yeah. And the Lord knew it. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not, I don't believe in the one. I don't. Yeah. I, I think that's mythical nonsense that'll destroy you. Yes. Somebody 400 years ago screwed that up for everybody. <laughs> you just needed one guy 400 years ago, marry the wrong person, and then ba ba ba, do the math. Where's that? Right. Where's that young woman? Right. Do the math right. for us. I mean, right. it, it would be over. So I just don't believe that. It, you know how I know she's one? She said yes, and she's still here. Yeah. So yeah. she's the one. Yeah. yeah. That's right. She's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to move to something, not from something. I think that's the, the biggest thing for me because the number of beautiful, godly, amazing, what is wrong with you men, yeah. women yeah. that have been in our home, have been in our lives, who finally just got tired enough to give up mm-hmm. and just take, I mean, he goes to church. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to have a higher bar than that, man. Yeah. Got to have a higher bar than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, I hear you. But it is hard. Oh, I know. That's why I'm like, I'm trying to press on the dudes all the time. I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Yeah. <laughs> and that goes back. That's, that's funny because that's Michael's joke. Like Mother's Day is like, you guys are amazing. Father's Day is why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why are you guys like this? <laughs> Lauren, give some hope. I mean, all yeah. of us are in yeah. relationship yeah. with a lot of people. Friendships, marriage, mm-hmm. dating. Um, what's the beauty of perseverance in friendship and in relationship in general? Um. I think just the, I think you know what your friendship's truly made of when you disagree on something and when you hurt one another, whether you mean to or not, and getting to make that amends with each other. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so vulnerable because you want to see yourself as a good person who wouldn't hurt someone, especially (laughs) you wouldn't hurt someone you love. Right. And so then to have someone forgive you and to have someone still take you back as a friend. Yes. I mean, that's huge. It, it makes me think of, and I have, I've heard that this is just um, kind of an old wives tale, but it's like if you break a bone in a certain spot, when it grows back, it's stronger. I've heard like conflicting evidence that that's true and some say it's not, but regardless, <laughs> but just that idea of after something's kind of broken yeah. to be sewn back together um, even stronger. Um, I think that's the beauty of perseverance and friendship because it's going to happen. We're going to hurt each other because yeah. we're sinful and, and yeah. we make mistakes and we disappoint when we don't mean to. Yes. And so that's the beauty of, of persevering is is the the vulnerability and the getting to receive the grace from that friend mm. and continue to walk forward and that be part of your story and part of your history and part of your relationship. Yeah. Matt and Lauren, I, f- I want to do this for eight more hours. I'm so thankful. I feel like I, I just learned so much from y'all. So we'll do it again. Okay. But because the show is called That Sounds Fun, yes. tell me what sounds fun to you. I love good friends and an epic feast of food. Yes. And laughing till my face hurts. Yes. Tell, will you talk about seeing Dave Barnes a couple of weeks ago? Oh my gosh. So Y'all know Dave Barnes, right? So you may Dave, recognize him as Santa Claus in the yeah. podcast. 
So I've known Dave for 20-something years. We, we were in a nonprofit with Shane and Shane years mm-hmm. ago, and Dave would always open up for the shows. He didn't bring a band. It was just him and his guitar. He would always get in an imaginary argument with one of the band members <laughs> for playing yeah. a song wrong. It was yeah. just like every night, yeah. but it was a different member of the band. <laughs> And, uh, but then, you know, as life happens, you know, I'm here in Dallas. He, he's a superstar now and, uh, living in Nashville. And I was up there for the Q conference and ran into him at lunch. And man, I, like my face was killing me by the end of the lunch. Yes. He is some, something is deeply, deeply wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He's broken. He's broken. And there's no one, no one else like him on earth. That's right. And I think God knew, like he did that once and he's like, you know what, let's just, no, that's good. <laughs> not, not two at one time in history. Let Dave come home and then we'll start with another one like that. Not two at once. So, I got a selfie from the two of them and their faces were red. I was like, what have y'all been doing? Laughing. Well, because oh, okay. you, you missed out on the lunch. Yeah, you were supposed to be there. Yeah, I missed out on the lunch, yeah. And oh, no. if the three of us had been there. The FOMO was so real that day. Yeah. Oh, we probably would have ended up in jail or something. Yeah, so I'm right. glad you weren't. Glad you weren't. Again. Right. right. Again. Um, All right, Lauren, what sounds fun to you? So this, we actually did this on Mother's Day. Matt surprised me by uh, taking off Mother's Day. um, From teaching? You know, as a pastor. He did not teach. That's awesome. On Mother's Day. And we went to Six Flags and rode all the rides. It was my choice. With the kids too? Yes. (laughs) Like I love... I love roller coasters, so I had a great time. And not many people go to Six Flags on Mother's Day. Yeah, I bet so not. You know, I bet not. Yeah. So that's when I went to go because I don't want to wait in the line, but I want to ride the roller coaster. You like all of them? Like you like the turn me upside down ones? You like the ship um, that goes back and forth like that? That's terrible. Not as much as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like Titan, Texas Giant. Yeah. Like kind of old school-ish, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Batman I didn't super love because I couldn't see anything. I had a bad seat. Right. Um, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they are all bad seats. I don't get it. But I love uh, the old school roller coasters with my family. I did not know that about you. Oh, going yeah. to an uh, Going to an amusement park oh, is yeah. the thing. Like the slingshot ride. Yeah. I love that You're thing. about that thing. I Oof. also love watching all those videos. Oh, I aren't mean, they? The more people pass out, the more I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I love them. So it's a game. Like, it's like, yeah. who, who you got? Oh, who yeah. you got? Yeah, who's going to pass out? Who's going to pass and out? So it's, it's, the guy's like, it's the ones that wake back up. And like, yeah. You know who texts me those videos all the time? Who? Dave Barnes. Yeah. All the time. He sends those. He's, hey, you seen this one? You seen this one? It absolutely kills <laughs> yeah, me. Um, y'all, thanks for being here. Uh, I love, love you. I'm so grateful. Um, will you please thank us. Matt and Lauren Chandler for joining us? You guys, aren't they amazing? I mean, the Bible teaching, the advice, the honesty, my gosh, the honesty. You should have seen people's faces in the audience. I mean, just like tears, wide eyes. So many people were moved by this conversation. I'm sure you were too, as was I. Be sure to check out all their books and Bible studies. Give them a follow if you haven't already so you can tell Matt and Lauren both, thanks so much for being on the show today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday with our last week of our live shows and my friend, Jordan Lee Dooley. Y'all have a good weekend.